Dan, how are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. It is a great day here in Woodhound Studio, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that I should continue to focus on firewood. Uh, if I wind up failing, I think I'll become a weatherman. Uh, because I don't think you have to be good <laughs> to be one. I mean, the guy says that it's supposed to be 50 today. He's off by about 50 degrees. <laughs> uh, it is just freezing outside. The ground is hard as a rock. Uh, there's uh, a quarter inch of ice on my windshield. Gosh, it is cold. Yeah, that was, uh, if you... Last weekend, I was out in my wood yard um, almost too hot and complaining how warm it was. And then three days later, it's in the 20s and we have snow. And now, you know, it's, yeah, it's just up and down, up and down. And I think if you are you were a weatherman, if you were just always say that things were going to be bad, and then that way, if they were good, you were always the hero. Or you mm -hmm. could be the hero, you know. But yeah. We honeymooned in Hawaii. That was the only time I've ever been there. And I remember I was struck by, like, here where I live, you know, the weather, when you watch the evening news, you know, the weather, it usually starts with it. And then it has a big section of the 30-minute newscast. And then it ends with the weather because it's always a big deal out here. In Hawaii, uh, their their weather was like about 10 seconds of their newscast because, and I had learned, I don't know if this is right, but I had heard that they don't even have a word for weather in the Hawaiian language because there is no weather. It's always the same. <laughs> it's just the same every day. Yeah. It's always the yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when it was like the, when we first got into our car, I was like, Hey, look, there's a rainbow. Oh my gosh, look, there's a rainbow. And then by the end of the week, we was like, yeah, another rainbow. <laughs> Because there's always rainbows. There's the weather's always the same. There's always rainbows. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and here the weather is a huge topic. I mean, it's always yeah. something that is you know a form of conversation or a, a icebreaker to get you know talking with someone. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. And I have said this a number of times. I think the biggest, and I, I just feel dumb for even saying this because I I live in Ohio. The biggest blind spot I had in starting a firewood business was the weather. I just didn't think about how important and how much of an impact it has in day-to-day -day execution of your game plan. Yeah. Everything changes. Yep. Mud, rain, snow, ice, 90-degree weather, zero-degree weather. Everything <laughs> just plays a huge role in, in firewood. Until the day I get a... <laughs> an enormous building with a roof that doesn't leak and it's well ventilated and well lit and temperature controlled, then I will continue to complain about the weather. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you'll still have to go outside though to make delivery. So you will not be able to eliminate the weather factor. Yeah, altogether. I think you're right. I think <laughs> you're right. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in for another episode of the Woodhounds. My name is Joe. And I'm sitting across the table here from my good friend, Dan. We are both YouTube channels. Dan has Back 40 Firewood. And I have Ohio Woodburner. We both are very active on YouTube. And I got a number of comments 
I delete a few because they're inappropriate. I got two rules for my comments, no politics, no cussing. So anything that involves politics, it's deleted. Anything with cussing is deleted. Uh, but you can say anything else that you want. And I get a number of comments, Dan, that are critical of the way that I run a business. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've had a few myself, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact. Yeah, the I get a little bit of I get a little philosophical about this whole discussion about your business. And I don't know, I get also get hung up on the word business because you know, like the term none of your business. Yeah. It's my business. And I see that is synonymous with the word business, something that generates money. It's the way that you do it. And it's it's your choices, it's your decisions, it's your value that you bring to the marketplace. It's your business. And I get a lot of comments uh, that, you know, well, people just come right out and say it, that I literally have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> 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 and I had, I did a recent video on YouTube uh, just about that. Uh, people saying that I don't know what I'm doing. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it wrong. And the one comment that is just a consistent belief system for a lot of people that, that are out there. I have heard this comment forever. I will probably hear it forever. And I guarantee you, Dan, that you have heard this comment too, as well as everyone else out there in the world of the Woodhounds podcast. And would you like to hear what this comment is? I am on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Here, this is the comment. Uh, I'm not going to read it verbatim, but it, this is the way it comes out. You are touching and messing with your firewood entirely too much. The more you touch your firewood, the less profitable it becomes. I get that comment all the time, Dan. Have you ever heard that before? Never. Never heard it. Don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. <laughs> I hear it all the time. All the time. You, too many touches. You, if you, The more you touch your firewood, the less valuable it becomes. You're killing all your profitability. You mess with it too much. And I want to say this. I want to say the following. I believe the exact opposite of that, of that comment. Ooh. I believe the exact opposite. I believe the more you touch, and what people are saying by touch, they mean process. Yeah. I don't think they're yep. meaning that you're inefficient because I agree with that. You know, if you stack your wood here and then the next day you, eh, I'm going to move it over here. Right. Um, okay. I believe that we should all be, we should strive for efficiency. But I really do believe what people are saying is processing. You are processing your wood too much and you are killing your profitability. I believe 100% the exact opposite. I believe the more you process, the more you touch your firewood, the more valuable it becomes. Yeah, I, I now that you say that, that is a very interesting and intriguing way of looking at it. And I think, so when you, when we're talking about process, like the end to end steps of 
when a uh, log is brought in, the process of moving it through the, you know, the steps of bucking it up, splitting it, or cutting it, splitting it, stacking it, selling it, like all those right. steps. They, you know, the, the argument is the more steps you add to that process, the less money it's worth. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and correct, as in you stated. Yeah, uh, you that's know, the, that's what people the, are. The conventional arguing. wisdom says yeah. that. I I believe the exact opposite. And the the rock, the foundation of Ohio Woodburner is the exact opposite of that. And it, I think it all bases it is all based upon how you view firewood and it is i view firewood as a commodity i continue I, I did that one video where i compared firewood to you know i went into the vegetable aisle of a grocery store and showed uh you know i showed how they they process produce the one uh fruit i chose was a cantaloupe where you can buy cantaloupe for like two dollars a pound or you can buy it cut up into little chunks for like $9 a pound where you get like 10 little <laughs> chunks, which equates to just a little slice of a cantaloupe. And oh my gosh, I was, you know, if we put that same uh, theory about firewood into the grocery aisle, you know, the grocers would just start pulling their hair out because <laughs> they're right. putting all this extra effort into slicing up cantaloupe and selling it wrapping it in plastic or putting it into a container and oh my gosh why are they doing that dan and it's they're doing it because they're adding value they're selling less cantaloupe for more money right exactly each step of that process they are adding like you said value and they're adding them that onto the price they sell it for so they are making more money by adding steps, just like you said, yeah. This I don't know why it's so hard to see that in firewood, or why. Yeah, <laughs> I I think, you know, I, I think to firewood what we always talk about. You know, there's that emotional connection that people have with yeah. firewood, and I really do think that people's uh, understanding of firewood is based more on an emotional connection than it is a logical one, where. I was raised and we did firewood like this and it worked for us. Therefore, that is the only way <laughs> I'm going to stereotype here, but yeah, but that is, you just said it. That is the only way that it should be done and it must be done because this is the best way to do it because this is what I was taught. Yes. My and way that is, is the best. <laughs> yes. And that's out there. The irony is I, my entire YouTube existence is based upon showing how I make firewood. The irony is you have never once heard me say you must do it this way because this is the best way to do it. I, I just show the way I do it. If you want to do firewood the other way, which is minimal touching, which is processed onto the ground, scooped up with a front end loader, dumped into a dump truck and, and hauled off somewhere. You know, if that's the way you want to do it, that's good enough for me. Right. Yeah. I think... I think the big hang up is that when people make this judgment, they think of what, like, let's say they are selling firewood and they know what they sell firewood for. So they're thinking, you know, that end price, if I did all this work, I wouldn't be making any money. But the other thing is, is that to shorten up that process, when you start adding in, like you said, a front end loader, you start adding in all these things, like you are actually, <laughs> yeah, you're probably losing money because you have a lot of expense 
into your quick and easy process. Yeah, that is the way when I, I, firewood was a hobby for me. I found it enjoyable. I found it a joy. Yeah. You know, I, when I, when I drove to work, I used to work in Cleveland. So I thought about, I was thinking about how am I going to find more firewood and what am I going to, I couldn't wait to get home and run my saws and I could feel my hand on that top bar of the saw and, and, and stacking and smelling and everything about firewood. It, that was just the way, you know, it was just my joy. And I thought, well, what do I need to do to sell firewood? And I was at the point too, cause we heat our house with propane. And that's why we went to firewood because we couldn't afford to heat our house because propane was so high. So we, when we go to firewood, I was thinking, well, you know, I wonder what would it take to sell this? And then you hear, you know, the constant refrains, you can't, you can't make money with firewood and you know, you, you gotta have minimal uh, touches with it. The more you, you more you mess with it, you kill all your profitability. So you need all these big machines, <laughs> you know, and it just, everything just sounded wrong to me. And I was thinking, well, gee whiz, no wonder no one makes money with firewood. Look at what everyone's doing. And it wasn't until I started applying business sense from what I had learned from working for a grocery store and, you know, uh, outside of this scope of our discussion today was when I worked for the auto parts chain, you know, about uniform, uh, process um you know efficiency like that um i i just applied all of that to a high wood burner to start making a living keeping the house keeping gas in the tank and food on the table and and, and thriving as a sole proprietor in a firewood industry just be, but i had to do it exactly opposite of the conventional wisdom of our industry yeah that that <laughs> and i think that I think maybe that's where comments directed at you are maybe a little out of jealousy. I think people look at you and say, you know, they see that you've figured it out. You've unlocked how to make money with firewood. And I think then the thing that that opens is everyone's always critical of, well, you're wasting your money handling that wood. You know, you, you don't need to stack your wood. Why are you doing it? You're wasting money. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and I, the other thing I get all the time is that I'm too slow making my firewood. <laughs> and, 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 that, and to your point about this is something that you enjoy doing. So why would I rush? Why would I run out to my wood yard, process as fast as I can to come back in the house and then sit on the couch? One of the core fundamentals of that belief system on, on that way of producing firewood is you have to make your money through volume. And, and that's yeah. why I think people get so upset when they hear you can actually sell a quart of firewood for three times as much as they're selling it for, uh, that I will spend an hour of my day stacking firewood, which is something that they see as sacrilege. <laughs> you know? a, waste, a waste of time. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah. I had, um, this was in my video of, I had a comment. It was from a lady that just came right out and said that, you know, stacking firewood is the biggest waste of time. It absolutely brings nothing to firewood. And oh, man. I, 
I, I said it in my video and I'll say it again right now. I believe the exact opposite. If you ask me, what is the most important thing that we do with our firewood that allows us to ask as much as we do for it? It is because we stack it. <laughs> it is absolutely worth every second and whatever you were to, you know, I pay a high school kid uh, $20 a cord to stack my firewood. I get it back plus. Oh, you know? yeah. Yep. And, and that is also beyond the quality that it brings in the firewood. Because once you stack it, it dries out a lot better. Uh, it gets out of the water. So all the bugs, all the ants, everything leaves from it. Hey, you get occasional snake and some mice. <laughs> Those are always <laughs> exciting uh, to stumble upon when you're when you're stacking it. But outside of that quality boost that you get, it makes things so much nicer with stacking wood because you're not just plucking pieces out of a pile. You know, you can like, when you have wood that's stacked, you can pull off like 10 pieces at a time, all neatly stacked and plop it into your truck. You know, it's yep. just so much easier. Yeah. And then the extra time we take to hand load the truck is just such a wow factor for the customer. When you pull into their driveway, it shows that you took time and you took care all of that stuff adds to the final dollar amount that you can ask right. for that load of firewood. You know, uh, uh, counter that with just leaving it in a big pile out in a field and you scoop it up with the six inches of mud that was underneath it, you know, and okay, some of it's going to dry, some of it's going to get moldy and it just gets dumped and that's commodity stuff. That's right. what I, I still buy that off of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and again, I think it goes back to that, the mentality of the how the individual is brought up uh, because, you know, for them, they look at firewood as it's just a piece of wood. I pick it up. I throw it in the wood stove. That's it. I don't care if it's this shape, if it's this size, if it has bark on it, it doesn't have, you know, I just burn it. But the other people who, you know, are willing to pay more for a product that they can even display in their house on the uh, next to their fireplace, you know, that's something that again, adds that value. And that's a big thing I've seen with, um, I did a little experiment where I left a pile of wood just in a pile, didn't touch it. And then I also stacked, you know, wood from the same day splitting. And there's a noticeable difference very noticeable difference not mm -hmm. only in the quality of how it burns but just the presentation of it mm -hmm. the way it looks i think people that leave their wood in big piles like that too they're not leaving it there for a long time you know because they're moving that wood they're moving that wood you're not you're selling it at a much lower price because it's not worth as much the way that it was made the way that it is currently sitting there and that's where this volume thing you know you're moving wood if you're not moving wood you're you are losing money yeah. Yep. Um, and that was the decision in my business model was I don't have that volume. I can't physically do that volume. I don't have the supply and I need to find other ways to make, make money with, with firewood. And that is by putting more effort, more process, more touches into each stick of firewood. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I look around, I'm not, the wealthiest guy in the world, but I'm doing halfway decent. And, you know, that's where I just get a, a chuckle with people. You know, I literally <laughs> have no idea what I'm doing. 
you know, I, I, I read that comment on the same phone that has my scheduler where I've got three, I'm three weeks out on, on deliveries you know, here in the fall of 2022. Yeah. <laughs> what do they, what do yeah. they call that failing or what? walking backwards into success or something you're, you're you're failing so good you're succeeding or something <laughs> you're, yeah you're, you're i so bad at what you do yeah. look at <laughs> i am the most humble guy when it comes to this too i think i'm just lucky i caught lightning in a bottle i feel the same way with um in my youtube channel it's just the way everything happened and when it happened and i am just enjoying every step of it i have always said too i've been cursed with very high self-esteem and these comments don't bother me. I, I, you know, because I've always said what other people think about me is none of my business. <laughs> and all of the, <laughs> all of the criticisms, they don't bother me either. Cause I usually believe they're true. You know, they're accurate. So why, why should I get upset? Because someone points out that I, I'm pretty sloppy in some of the areas of my, of my business, you know, so be it. Yeah. But in this case, I think it is, it is good to, respond like this because it, it helps others out there who maybe, you know, that maybe they're considering firewood and they see these comments and like, wait a minute. All right. Well, if this is just a waste of time, if this guy doesn't know what he's doing, then mm -hmm. how am I going to ever, you know, how would I be able to, to do this? But really, like you just said, you do know what you're doing and those <laughs> leaving the comments, they are wasting <laughs> their time leaving the comment. <laughs> Well, I would still say, you know, I don't know if I do know what I'm doing, but I'm trying and I'm adjusting and I'm accepting feedback because I've changed just about everything in some degree, every step of our process, you know, from when I, when I first started. Yeah. So, uh, I, I still have a long way to go. The, where I think though, that these types of comments, and I was vulnerable to this too, when I was in the planning phase is is when you hear this and you believe it and therefore you don't try yeah i very early did i tell this story very early in my existence i had my truck all lettered up with firewood i stopped at a restaurant they didn't cook with wood but they had they they had a big fireplace so the outside was this big firewood rack and i was just gonna like you know, see if I can make a sales call. And I was looking at their firewood from whoever else brought it and it looked nice, but it was much bigger than mine. Mine was a lot smaller. And while I was looking at this firewood, this elderly guy walks by and he starts, he's assuming it was my firewood because of my truck, but it wasn't. And he started saying that these people these days split their wood way too small. This isn't the right way to make firewood. And I'm standing there thinking, you know, heck, my firewood's even smaller than this stuff, you know? And, <laughs> you know, if I am, if I'm thinking of starting a business and I'm hearing people say this and it's different from the way I see things, that could be enough for someone to say, how oh, the heck with it. You know, I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's why I say you gotta be, if you are the business person, you know, and especially if you're going against the grain, if you're doing something different, I think it pays to have high self-esteem, but also it pays to be hard of hearing and turn all that off because, um, you know, what I had kept telling myself was all the people that were telling me that I'm doing it wrong are the exact same people that are saying you can't make money selling firewood. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. 
the uh, the loudest booze will always come from the cheapest seats. So you know, <laughs> that's that's one thing to consider. Is that the is that an old that, wrestling term? <laughs> yes, uh, indeed. The people who are you know more vest invested in you and and are more they they aren't the ones making the noise all the time. But it's you know the the other thing that's interesting with this whole how many times you handle your firewood throughout the process. The other interesting thing that I like one thing I've always lived by is I just say, however many times it takes is however many times it takes, because what are you going to do? What if you had to move a log for whatever reason, two times before you could process it? Are you going to halfway through that process then say, well, I've reached the limit. I've handled this too many times. (laughs) I can't continue. You know, there's, but see, that's where I think though it's the people that feel that way are the volume people because yeah. if you have to move that log twice that is now 10 minutes that could have been put into making firewood. So maybe there is some truth to it. But ultimately it comes down to what are your actions doing? You know, and that's where people are taking that a step farther with me is stacking wood is a waste of time. Hand loading the trucks are a waste of time. Seasoning the firewood is a waste of time. Uh, having all of these off cuts to ensure that each stick is 16 inches long is a waste of time, you know. Uh, but <laughs> I, I argue that the opposite for me is true. And uh, all these off cuts are heating my house right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. There's, there's, if you can make it work and like your analogy of the supermarket, I think is spot on and just something that is very, like for me, it's very eye opening. And I hope people out there listening, it's the same thing because it's, it's something that, you know, you think of that like a cantaloupe is worth so much mm-hmm. whole. And then when you slice it up, put it in a smaller package where you're getting one tenth of the total cantaloupe for three times the amount of money. How did it get there? It got there by going through steps in the process of handling it more. Yeah. And I would, let's compare firewood with, with crude oil, you know, the stuff that's drilled out of the ground. Yeah. So, you know, a, if you, if you have a round of firewood, let's just call that crude. And, and, and the same thing with crude oil, you know, then it is refined into lubricants it is further refined into motor oils and then it's further refined into three in one oil. I don't know what comes yep. next. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then it's refined into, you know, some type of petroleum product that's able to make plastics yeah. and you yep. know, car parts and, and appliances, all of that from crude. And then firewood's the same way. You know, every step of the way with that crude oil was you had to put effort into it. You had to invest money into it. You had to pay labor to get it to become some other type of product. So why aren't we complaining, <laughs> you know, to the to to Haviland Motor Oil Company that they absolutely wasted all their time by messing around with that oil? Yeah. Because all they're doing is losing money. No, all they're doing is making money. They're making a lot of money. And, and then the same thing with firewood, you know, it, it was around, it was quartered, it was cut into eights, it was cut into kindling, it was made into toothpicks, you know, every step of the way <laughs> adds value to the product. The more you touch firewood, 
the more valuable it becomes. Yes, indeed. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So that, though, that gets into a philosophical discussion, though, about being different. And I mentioned that in my video, too, where, you know, from an early age, we are all conditioned. <laughs> I'm going to pause here for a second. I find a lot of this ironic, especially I know we have a big international crowd. But here in the United States, you know, the refrain is about the individual. You know, we're individuals in this country here. You know, we uh, we take pride in individuality. And I hear that all the time, too. And I always say that, you know, everyone loves the individual and they, with an asterisk. And that asterisk is as long as they're exactly like me. You know, <laughs> everyone, everyone loves the individual, but they better be exactly like me because if they vote for the wrong person or if they like the wrong football team or if they dress differently than me or if they got blue hair then by golly i you know that that, that ain't right <laughs> you know so you know here we are a country that that loves the individual but then if you want to be individual in the marketplace you know you get you get you get rocks thrown at you everyone you know? knows what you're doing Wrong. Yeah, you're different, you know, and that's why I say when you were a little kid, you know, the first thing in school, you know, you're all alone and it's scary and you look for friends, you know, we're kind of like a tribalist species anyway. So you start dressing like your friends, you start acting like your friends, you develop your own, you know, your own way you communicate with each other and you see like sororities and fraternities and clubs you know they all got secret handshakes and they're they they talk the same way they use the same code words and they wear their hat the same way and you know everyone's always looking to be the same and i see that in the marketplace you know when i was younger i remember the auto parts stores you would walk into them and they smelled like cigarette smoke uh, they'd have a really small sales floor and then there was the parts counter and there'd be some guy with a flannel shirt and a coffee cup and a cigarette and all the parts were behind uh, the parts counter. And then along <laughs> comes AutoZone and AutoZone completely changed the way the auto parts store was. They made all the stuff out on the sales floor where you could see it and touch it. You know, they had uniforms and everyone, uh, the stores all looked gorgeous and they were inviting and then what happened? Every other auto parts chain out there copied and did exactly the same as AutoZone. So now you got O'Reilly's, you got Advance. They all look exactly the same. Everyone just copies what everyone else is doing. Yep. You have all of the cars these days, all of the trucks, they all look alike, Dan. Airplanes, you know, the bottles that pop comes in and appliances everything chainsaws they all look alike everyone is scared to do something different and it's just like we're conditioned just to stay in line listen to the conventional wisdom and and follow the path uh people that try to break out of that you know they get called names they get pressure put on them and you know it's just it's weird <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it it is weird. And it's it's also very weird how like you mentioned people are so concerned with your business, how you're running it and what you're doing wrong. You know, mm -hmm. it's like one time I heard this the story once of how um I forget the name of the guy, but he was a professor uh, teaching at a college and he he went in and he started writing on the chalkboard 
and he wrote down, you know, one times nine equals nine, two times nine equals 18. And he wrote all these equations down and at the very end, he wrote nine times nine equals 80. And everyone in the classroom, you know, started laughing and, and being like, hey, you messed that one up. And his point was that you can do eight things right and nobody notices, but that one thing you do wrong is what gets everyone. <laughs> Excellent. And I, and I think that's with firewood. You know, people find that one thing that they can gravitate towards. And it's always the simple, easiest thing of you're handling the firewood way too much. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get a lot of comments. I try my best to respond to all of them. And I think 99, almost, almost everyone is well-intended and they have advice. I hear it. Uh, they have recommendations. I hear it. But the comment that, you know, that is all within the structure of, of what I'm doing. Well, then along comes, you know, the person that comes along and says, you know, everything that you're doing is wrong. You know, the foundation that you're standing <laughs> upon doesn't exist. And that that's when I just got to, you know, why are you even selling firewood? You should be baking donuts, you know? It, <laughs> that was, it, it just makes you just, I just chuckle and laugh at it. And, uh, and couple that with the fact that what they're telling me, I believe the exact opposite. I do believe that neither one is right or wrong. It's just that you're different. There's right. nothing. <laughs> yeah. And that gets back to my philosophical um, portion of this discussion. There is nothing wrong with being different. So I'm different. I recognize that. I, um, I probably don't sell firewood the way that you ever even thought of. And I never even thought of it. <laughs> it just, it just came to me. I got onto this boat. I've been heading downstream and I've adjusted to the tide and the, the eddies of the, of the water and the hazards that, that are out there waiting for me. And I try to avoid them as much as I can. And here I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, and I can say from knowing you that I think if there were something you were doing wrong, you would probably adjust and adapt and make change. Like you wouldn't just stick with something if it wasn't a success. I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of things that I do good. There's a lot of things that I do poorly, you know, and there's a lot of things that I don't do at all. <laughs> but the one thing <laughs> that I think that I just foundationally uh, leads to a successful uh, course here is I don't have an ego with this. If something that I decided to do is wrong, I have no problem at all recognizing that and changing. Where others, you know, that is their, that is their ultimate downfall is that they cannot accept that, that, that they're different, you know, that, they, that whatever they're yeah. doing isn't right. Yeah. I remember when I was a supervisor, um, we had like a small work group and I, whatever the issue, whatever the, the task was, I can't remember. It was, okay, we're going to pick up these boxes and we're going to set them over in this corner. Okay. So we start doing that. Well, along the way, I decide that, yeah, this probably isn't the best idea. We need to change it. I says, okay, guys, instead of this corner, let's put it into that corner. 
Well, there was this one lady in my group. She would always point out that I had first said to put it into this corner. <laughs> you know, and I, I told her, I says, yes, I agree. And I changed my mind. Have you ever changed your mind before? You know, the, the, the data has changed. My conclusions have changed and we're going to put it over here. Okay. So, you know, that, that is the same thing that, that, you know, I'm talking about with this is where some people just, they get set in their ways and that's it. They're not yeah. opened to new data. They're not open to experimenting with a different way of doing something. Uh, and if that's the way you live your life and good for you, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't subscribe to a particular group or a particular theory. Uh, my theory is to get results and to make a living selling firewood. That is a terrible idea. I'm here to tell you right now, you don't want to be told you're wrong or you want to accept being told you're wrong. You're wrong right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're wrong. You, sh you should have an ego. You need an ego. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I wanted to be told I was wrong, I would just go back to my old job. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. That's, why I, that's why I tell my wife, I was like, hey, if you're going to start yelling at me, I'll just go back to my old job. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that has been on my mind, Dan. Um, I, I accept all feedback. Uh, that doesn't mean that I agree with it. And, uh, just the irony with this is a widely held belief, you know, is I believe the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. There is, Here's an example for you. You have you ever heard of this one football coach named Vince Lombardi? I might have. Yeah, <laughs> I know who that is. Okay, successful coach, right? One of the greats of all time, and they had a dynasty with the Green Bay Packers. Well, a result of that dynasty was everyone adopted the Vince Lombardi methods of coaching. You know, a strict, regimented, militaristic um style of leadership and um pushing and um you know harsh love uh, all of these uh strict behaviors on on your subordinates yes and that was that went all the way down in the football high school football all high school sports you know and there's still an occasional coach that has that style because well if it worked for him you know that's just the way it is <laughs> Yeah. And, and social sciences say what you want about social sciences, but the one conclusions through studies, and it's not even controversial anymore about, you know, the, the biggest studied element in the social sciences is human motivation and positive reinforcement is just hands down. It's not even a controversial conclusion anymore is a more effective way of motivating people and getting results. Uh, and knowing that a lot of coaches have adopted, you know, the positive coaching model, but there's still the holdouts, you know, that follow the, the Vince Lombardi method, because that's the way I was taught and it worked for yeah. me. So that's the way it's going to be with this, you know, and wouldn't you know that the winningest football coach, this is NCAA winningest football coach is from Minnesota, from St. John's university. And his methods were the exact 
opposite of uh, <laughs> Vince Lombardi. They, he had no contact practices, no tackling, no blocking. Uh, their practices were only 90 minutes long. You know, where Lombardi, they were out there all day in 90 degree yeah. weather. With no, Hours. they weren't allowed to drink water. You know, <laughs> um, there were no whistles. Uh, he wouldn't even allow his players to call him coach. I, of course, am talking about uh, John Gallardi of St. Saint, uh, John's University in Minnesota. But if you are ever interested in studying a person who dared to be different, read about this guy. He, you know, he, he went on the absolute opposite of conventional wisdom on building a football team and running a successful program. He did it the exact opposite. So, you know, it, it certainly can be done. Yes. Mm -hmm. I kind of like to think of myself as I kind of, that's kind of how I go about things. And I, I don't know if it's so necessarily different. It's just my way is what I usually just focus on. And I don't really uh. get too much into, you know, but I hear, I hear tons of feedback just like you do. And mm -hmm. I've come to the conclusion that 99% of it is based out of jealousy. <laughs> and <laughs> let me tell you a little secret out there for everyone. Jealousy is the only poison that affects the container holding it. Oh my gosh. So you're, a, you're a philosopher. <laughs> oh, I got all, I, I you got all should start wearing a toga and sandals <laughs> and walking around and well, that's norm That's normally how I am out in my woodyard. <laughs> I'm not on camera. <laughs> oh, wow. No, it's, I don't, I don't see the majority of my, the majority of my comments, people care and they are invested with me. And with Ohio Woodburner, it's almost like I need to come up with an employee of the month shirt for, for all my subscribers. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Because they do. Uh, but there is always that few. And probably they even feel their comments are well-intended. Uh, oh, but yeah. You, you know, think about what you're saying, though. <laughs> you know, is everything that you're doing is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well... You know, that's, uh, <laughs> like I said, I, 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 have heard it before and, and this though today, now this is shining some new light. Like I mentioned, this is, this is a new whole, uh, vision I have of, you know, when I get comments like that, how I'm going to start responding. Uh, -huh. the exact opposite is my belief. Yes. But we, but I'll, you know, but I, you know, me well enough now, this is, this is the truth but we can still be friends. We could still be best friends, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. I, yeah. I, I am some people and I know a lot of people out there aren't this way where, you know, they got to have the same beliefs and that they got to vote for the same person and wear the same, <laughs> can't drive a Chevy or you can't yep. drive a Ford, you know, I, highway or the highway. yeah, I accept people for who they are. I don't care. And, um, it, we can still be complete opposites, but still be friends. Absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you better not sell firewood differently than me. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally doing it the opposite. I'm going to sell money. I'm going to sell firewood and try to make the least amount of money. How you like that? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, All right. Man. Well, Dan, I thought this was fun. I think that this discussion is an important discussion for the firewood industry because we must, I, 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 I will tell anyone this, whatever the way you want to do it, do it and, and be, have fun and be good at it. But we must recognize that there are different ways and different methods to success. And just because some person's doing it differently doesn't make it bad. Right. Mm -hmm. It is not wrong if it's not, if, if someone's doing something and it's not the way you would do it, that doesn't mean it's wrong. Yes, correct. So that is what I think, I think the firewood industry is still way, way, way behind modern um, modern retail, modern production, you know, I, and I don't mean about all the really cool machines that are out there. I just mean really about this topic that we're talking about right now. Yeah. It's what firewood is. We got to recognize that it is a commodity and it has value at every step along its path towards its final product. And you can sell that firewood at every step along that path. Uh, but where you choose to sell it is your choice. And because you sell yours at the first step and I sell mine at the 12th step of that process doesn't make either one of us right or wrong. It's just our choice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. Well, Dan, since we are in agreement, can we agree to strike up the band and let's get out of here. Yes. However, striking up the band is about a nine-step process, not quite 12. So hang on one second. Let me get okay. everything. <laughs> All right. Uh -huh. We are ready to go. So, yes, Woodhounds, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about this idea of, you know, the process, how many times you handle the firewood, what, how many times have you calculated out how many times you handle your firewood along the way? Send mm -hmm. us an email, thewoodhounds at gmail.com. Because it's, it's a very interesting and I think very uh, highly contested and debated topic. Ooh, could there be controversy in the firewood industry? That's right. Yeah. My middle name. <laughs> <laughs> the more I hang out with you, the more controversial things get. <laughs> All righty. Well, I want to wish everyone a great day. <laughs> <laughs>